Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the exciting science behind HRV and how you can apply it to your own health and the work that you do. Just a note, this podcast does not replace medical advice, and if you're going to apply this to your own life or others, please consult with a medical provider. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Matt and I are excited to be back for our uh, second episode. And we're going to dig into uh, the recent book that Matt just published. Congratulations, Matt. It's called Heart Rate Variability, Using Biometrics to Improve Outcomes in Trauma-Informed Organizations. So we want to use this as, as sort of a template for the, uh, the next few series in the podcast. Um, and, and today we're going to be really focused on covering material in chapter one. So I know in the last session, Matt, we talked about why you decided to, uh, to write the book. We, we, we kind of gave everybody folks who maybe haven't had any experience with heart rate variability an overview of what it is, why it's important, why we all should be paying attention to it and why you and I are so excited and passionate about it. Um, but I think, you know, for the session today, Let's dig in a little bit further into some of the science. Uh, you know, we covered that at a very high level. Uh, and I think to, to get started in my mind, what is stress? We talked about HRV being um, your body's ability to handle and recover from stress as sort of the, the easiest way to understand what HRV is quantifying. Um, and at a high level, that makes a ton of sense. Yes. But everybody is going to define stress differently, understand stress as different things. So maybe we can kind of start there and, and talk about kind of the more scientific definition of, of what stress is. Excellent. Pretty important. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. You know, you know, stress is, you know, oftentimes we just see it as bad. And, and I think that that's right. first and foremost, we, we, need to, we need to make sure that we don't just see all stress as bad. Uh, there's something in the literature called U-stress, and the EU is a translation as, as good stress. Um, so you think about how do you get your butt out of bed in the morning? How do you get to work on time? Uh, why do you want to achieve? Why do you start a new business? Why do you write or read an HRV book, right? You know, why, why do we do these things to better ourselves or to, you know, so, you know, try to do the best at our job, try to run a half marathon, you know, all these different things. So, so stress is neither good nor bad. And in fact, it really helped me in my understanding of stress is, you know, it's sort of our perception of, of the event. Um, so if you're, you're really kind of breaking it down, you can almost take the judgment off of what, what's causing the stress initially. Then we're going to put it back on later. But, you know, so if we look at it, it's, it's something in either our body or our environment that disrupts our something called homeostasis. Um, so if you're just sitting there right now, let's say you're just, you're kind of relaxing, um, you're calm, you, your body, your biology, your psychology address, uh, you know, really creates a balance. That's what homeostasis is the really definition between your activity level, your environment and your internal state. And so you have this balance, but you know, now let's say your fire alarm goes off and you need to run out of the building as quickly as possible all of a sudden the alarm becomes a stressor, right? Now, most of us, when we hear that, that alarm going off, 
that's going to be a pretty negative stress for us, right? We're not going to say, oh, man, I just, I've been waiting all day just hoping the fire alarm would go off. Um, <laughs> so, so we're going to have that. And, and, you know, the negative stress is often termed distress. Um, now, if it's uh, overwhelming distress, it can also be a trauma as well. But the alarm goes off all of a sudden, psychologically, biologically, I, there's a different demand on me. So I need to get up, I need to get out of the building or what, whatever response I need to have. So I, I activate and we'll get into this in further. So don't get too caught up on my language here, but the sympathetic or fight or flight reaction and all of a sudden our blood pressure goes up, our heart rate goes up, our heart rate variability goes down and stress allows us to move, to take action. Um, most of stress demands a response to it. And a lot of times that's a physical response, like getting out of the building um, if, if there's a fire alarm. So stress really challenges, if, if the state that you're in, it challenges you to go to a different state. If you're in bed in the morning and the alarm goes off, it's to get your butt out of bed and get ready for work. Um, stress can also be, you know, if you think about your homeostasis before you work out, doing a workout is going to cause stress on the body right now again that's good stress that's you stress um, but you're going to change your internal state so you can really think about stress as a demand to change your psychology and biology to respond to the stressful event jeff am i making any sense uh, totally. absolutely no i mean i think the interesting thing for me getting into all of this and the discussions we've had and learning about HRV and reading your book. Um, I had no idea there was a difference between good stress and bad stress. And, you know, that's probably ignorance on my part, which I'll admit. Um, but I, I have a feeling there's a lot of people that are in my boat that would agree. They had no clue when they hear the word stress, there's an immediate connotation to bad. Yeah. And um, so that, that was a bit enlightening because both types of stress are going to have an impact on you as a person, um, positively, negatively, it's going to impact your HRV score. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a second. But I, I think that's an interesting thing to keep in mind is, is not all stress is bad. Yeah. And your body needs to recover or react to it, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. And that's all going to be reflected in your HRV, which is absolutely interesting. Yeah. And, and it's like I said, so, you know, and, and here's where, you know, kind of the, the psychology of this comes in as well is a lot of times you and I could experience the, the same stress. And I know we have, we have similar personalities, but let me just throw out, let's say, you know, we, we just started this new optimal HRV company, for example, that's, we decided to put this stress on ourselves. And let's say I'm overwhelmed because my training business is, you know, not, not around because of COVID. You know, I've got a lot of other things going on in, in my life. I'm worried about my elderly parents because they won't behave in the midst of an <laughs> epidemic. So, so even though, you know, back when we both started this, we, we might, and you know, I'm still excited about, but just for an example, we were both excited about, but because of all the other stress in my life, now when I think about oh, we need, to, we need to improve the website or I, I need to make, you know, these follow-up calls to, to clients. All of a sudden that can seem to be something that, that is in some ways a distress thing because all of a sudden my situation has changed where again, hey, you're doing good. Your parents are healthy. They may be putting on a mask unlike my parents uh, when they go out of the house. You know, you can look at those sales calls and say, man, there's some opportunity here. 
I, I'm excited to get in touch with these clients. So, so even, you know, what, what happened maybe the week before that I got really excited about uh, a week later now becomes maybe a negative part of, of stress as well. And as, as we progress uh, through the podcast and using the book again as our guide, we'll, we'll give you some analogies to think about this because, you know, chapter one gets pretty, uh, to understand HRV, you've got to get a little bit in the weeds of the nervous system and neurobiology to really understand it. But, but we'll help simplify this as we move forward as well. So we'll give you the science here early on, uh, but trust me, we'll, we'll, we'll give you ways to kind of think about this in easier uh, bites as well. <laughs> so, so maybe we should just rip the, uh, the Band-Aid off here a little bit and, and talk a little bit about the science. Yeah. You brought up the word homeostasis, um, yes. and I think it's good. You know, I'm not a scientific person. Uh, yeah. I don't have that background. You know, my studies have been, you know, on the business side of the, the world, not in the, in the science side of the world like yours have. So when I got into this, as you all know, I, I didn't have the background that you have on the brain and biology and neurobiology and, and all of yeah. that. But I thought you did a really good job in the book of, of taking a, a pretty, um, you know, high-level approach the science behind it make it very understandable Thank you. so if there's two or three things that you could communicate and maybe it's four or five um i'm gonna sort of put you on the spot here right. uh you know from a science perspective for folks that don't have the background that you have um you know think about the science around hrv what what are those kind of key takeaways that you think you know people who haven't done all the research will be able to understand yeah, great, great question. So, so one, let's go back to what, what you, it's our HRV, our heart rate variability is our, a measure of our body, our mind's ability to recover from or uh, react to stress. So, so, so let's put the homeostasis. So, so we're in a state, um, you could be calm, for example, calm state, watching TV, reading a book, whatever it is. Again, fire alarm goes off all of a sudden, again, your, your homeostasis is disruptive. Now, if you're in a pretty good place health-wise, wellness-wise, you'll have the biological and psychological flexibility to handle that stressor, um, to take on the bigger challenge at work, uh, to figure out how, if you've got kids at home, how, how you're going to get them back in school in a time of COVID and manage uh, the, their education. Um, you know, how, how you're going to manage yourself. So, so if you're in a good state of wellness and your typical baseline, again, baseline, you can think about your level of wellness kind of being your default homeostasis, you can have stress come in and that can even be distress because there's a lot of that floating around, whether you're worried about your health, your parents' health, you know, your kids' health, whatever that is, um, you know, if you're starting out with a good homeostasis, a strong homeostasis and wellness, you'll be able to react to that stress. You'll have the flexibility, the adaptability to handle that stress without it negatively impacting you. Um, so, so that's the really thing with heart rate variability, again, is how well we're handling or recovering from stress. So, so that's a really big piece of the science is stress will challenge our homeostasis Sometimes, you know, there's a level of stress that knock, will knock us all out of homeostasis. We've, we've all been there. And sometimes that's a good thing. Like if the fire alarm goes off, 
you don't want to sit there for 20 minutes and, and philosophically ponder the, the meaning of noise. And, and uh, I really want to watch the last 10 minutes of the show. Exactly. You, you know, you know, you want to get off your butt and go do something. So, so, so that this, this homeostasis, we, we all get knocked out of it through, throughout the day because there's the changing demands. And, and the next podcast, we can talk more about kind of the state and trait uh, part that of this, is. which I, I think is really fascinating as well. But, just know that, that we get knocked out throughout your day. And I'd love for our audience to kind of pay attention to just kind of what do you think your default state is? Are you feeling, and again, COVID is, you know, unfortunately a, a great time to kind of reflect on this. Are you more anxious than normal? I know a lot of people are having trouble sleeping right, right now. Are, are you more depressed or withdrawn uh, than normal because you've been isolating for, for so long. And, and so it's a good time to kind of get in touch, even though it's a horrible time for our mental health in so many ways, but it's a good time to kind of think about, okay, what's my default? Uh, what is sort of my baseline? And again, if you're interested in the HRV stuff, like I know we are, you know, in this time of COVID, both of us have been tracking, okay, well, how's our HRV responding to this? And, and I know both of our HRVs, We've had our ups and downs with this, especially when I think I had COVID. Um, <laughs> and there were some downs. Um, if you've had this disease the, the first few days, and again, I was lucky because I can just say the first few days, and then I started to at least feel like I was alive again, are just devastating. Um, so I saw my HRV just plummet, uh, you know, where I'm usually up high 30s, low 40s is places where I hang. I, I was, I had a score of nine uh, during that time. I mean, that's almost called the ambulance sort of low. So <laughs> if, if you think about a stress, because sometimes we miss this with stress, a cold, a illness um, is also stress on the body, right? So your normal, again, default biology is, you know, you're doing pretty well. We call that healthy, right? Whether that's physical, mental health, I got COVID, that was a huge stressor on my body, and I saw through my HRV scores that I was not, my body was not handling that well. Now, what my body was doing was trying to actively fight the disease, and it was taking but all the energy reacting. to fight. Yeah, fight the disease. So I wasn't very a supportive business partner to Jeff in those days, and he was very understanding um, because I couldn't get up, right? And, and then the next week I could come do a, a call over Zoom, and then I just go straight back and lay down in bed. And so as I could see this gradual improvement over time as, as my health started to increase, but that's where HRV, I believe, is really a life-changing kind of science and biometric is it can really give us insight on where we're at. So like a lot of athletic teams now, and I think hopefully a lot of workplaces, and this is where I hope our app can be useful as well, is, hey, if you see a two to three day drop is kind of what we're seeing coming out of the science and HRV, it's time to go get a test. Um, you know, it's kind of like one of those data points, like, are you coughing right now? Coughing, yeah. it could be allergies. It could be a lot of different things. You might even have a cold that's non COVID related, um, or it could be COVID. So you have a cough, you see your HRV trending, go get a test. Um, and so it's one of those uh, kind of early warning signs we're seeing in the research to show we're under this piece. So, you know, that's really where, you know, I see, especially around this concept of stress and homeostasis is, 
how well am I maintaining that baseline and, and keeping it there? And, and I, I got for, for you kind of a question because in our app, in Optimal HRB app, we strategically designed it where we pay a lot of attention to baseline. Um, so, so we compare a lot of things to the, your all time baseline. And Jeff, so I kind of wonder as somebody who was, uh, not, you're not new to it anymore, but, but when I introduced it to you several months ago, um, you know, and you've been on it several months now is how have you seen when you compare your daily readings now to that longer term baseline? I just kind of wonder what kind of insight you may gain because that longer term baseline, even though we don't often use the language together is kind of your homeostasis. How have you seen kind of the ups and downs as, you know, <laughs> your, your family experiences this fun crisis? Yeah, well, and, and it's interesting too, right? Because I've got a, an infant at home. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> our, our... fun to watch. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's it's uh, it's been something. Um, so he was born September 1st last year, right when we were getting into this, you know, and and the app was really getting into the interface design and doing a lot of that kind of stuff. And so, um, <laughs> sleeping patterns changed significantly. Uh, even though we have an older one, she was sleep. You know, she was sleeping well, and so. Um, it varies. It, that's been a big surprise for me is the daily reading can vary significantly from the baseline. But when you look at the seven day average and those kinds of things, it's generally obviously averaged out to a, a pretty steady score. Yeah. And, you know, you can go back in time and see when he was getting his teeth and, you know, when he was going through some major developmental leaps, because like you, my score was significantly lower during COVID. My mind was significantly lower because I was getting three hours of sleep over a three or four straight night period. Um, you know, and that's all, all okay. That's part of the fun of, of being a parent, but it's a distinct um, difference from your quote unquote normal day where you wake up feeling normal, having plenty of rest and all of that kind of stuff. And, and my exercise habits have changed significantly over the last year, just having uh, such a young person at home and, and variable sleeping patterns. Um, so I've noticed as he's gotten older and slept better, that things are a lot less up and down and a lot closer to homeostasis or my, my all-time baseline on a day-to-day. -day. There's less variance there, which makes sense because I'm developing habits again that are healthy and I'm getting more, much more exercise over the last month and I'm doing all yeah. the things I used to do prior to, uh, you know, the addition to the family. So, you know, for me, it's less COVID related, um, though, you know, I understand how that's been a, a huge issue for everybody and, and just more, you know, family um, changes, which, you know, are, are interesting. And the, the other thing that I think is really interesting to talk about for folks, especially if they start tracking their HRV, um, getting back to the conversation we were having earlier is your HRV score may be similarly impacted by eustress and distress. Yeah. And so that's been the other thing that's interesting is, you know, you assume, oh, working out is good, mm -hmm. but you're, it may not impact your HRV in a way that you would expect it to, especially when you're just getting back into a consistent workout routine. So, yeah. you know, I know HRV has been really widely adopted in the fitness world as a recovery metric for all the good reasons. But, you know, a lot of the folks that are going to be listening to this, our audience may not be in, in that, you know, in that world. So. You know, I think it's interesting to tell to tell everybody a little bit more about the impacts of sometimes what you would consider good yeah. on your near-term HRV and how that relates to your homeostasis or long-term baseline as well. 
Yeah. So, you know, and great point about, so, so the, the athletes who, who kind of took, even though the, this, you know, HRV really started out in laboratory settings, you know, the, the, when the Bluetooth technology, you know, really, really, you know, it's that CrossFit mentality, right? The, the, you know, the biohackers, the, you know, keto diet uh, folks, you know, the, the people that are really involved in their health really saw that HRV, if you think about a workout, which a good workout is going to put stress on your body. You know, you, we talk about, you know, when you lift weights, you're actually tearing your muscles. And when they rebuild, that's where you gain the strength from. Same thing if you, you go on a long run. And so, you know, a workout will introduce stress into your body. Now, if, if you have a, you, this is kind of the interesting thing, you have a good mental view of that stress, eventually it's going to, you know, be a positive, absolutely. If you're not doing anything, you start an exercise routine, you might actually see the next day, your HRV is going to be a little lower. So, so what does that say? It says, you know, I, whether you've been working out, you just do a really hard workout, or whether you're, you're, you're just introducing a new routine, you really disrupted your homeostasis. Now we know with physical activity, that's gonna repair to make you stronger and tons of data, as we all know, regular exercise is good for your health. Um, one of the things, and I think this is, uh, there's a lot of mental cognitive uh, comparisons to this as well, but the elite athletes, the, the people who are training for marathons, Olympians, professional athletes, one of the things HRV has really challenged them to do is focus on recovery as much as their workouts and training. Um, because what they found from a physical health perspective, let's say you do a hard workout on a Monday, Tuesday you wake up in the morning, you take your HRV score, and let's say it's significantly below your, your baseline or homeostasis, is what that's telling you is your body is still in recovery mode. And so, Professional athletes are actually focusing on recovery. Um, one of my, one of the things that's really changed my uh, focus on is, you know, and Jeff, you you were an athlete as well. Uh, you still kind of are. I, I'm too uh, yeah, not, I not, not like you. Not not at, the, I <laughs> not at the level you were at, but uh, yeah. So always dabbled. Yeah, I mean, we, we were always told, get, your, get off your butt and go work out, right? You felt guilty if you didn't push yourself to the edge of exhaustion. You know, we ran sprints after every basketball practice, so on and so forth. What we really, what we see now with the HRV research with physical stress is that if we got a low recovery score, if our HRV score is lower than our, our typical baseline, it means we're more susceptible to injury or also illness as well. And so all of a sudden we're focused on recovery. Now where that really impacts me is, you know, before HRV I always thought, oh, I need to get up and get a run in today. Even though I'm just tired, I don't wanna do it. You know, you need to work out every day. That's that, that same mentality is there. Now I do this thing called an active recovery. So instead of running, you know, going on a four mile run or whatever it might be, I'll just walk the dog for three miles, right? So I'm still getting my movement in. I'm still getting the benefits of being active. I'm not replacing a run with binge watching Netflix. <laughs> I'm, you know, but I, what I am doing is I'm, I'm, I'm doing an active recovery. So I still know moving is good for me and actually that's gonna help my body recover quicker. But we can also look at this from a mental 
or cognitive yeah. stress point of view as well. Um, this so is that's what- kind of where, sorry, yeah, I don't want to interrupt, but the, so this is kind of a good opportunity to say, okay, you know, we're really interested in bringing the science to the, you know, the everyday life, mm -hmm. be it your, you know, your workouts, certainly, but, you know, just your everyday being. So I think that's really interesting and, and a, a good opportunity to sort of seg segue or, or um, you know, kind of use that a reference point to, to transition into how do you apply that same concept yeah. of, you know, I think a really good point is you, you tear muscle down to build it up stronger. Right. When you think about a workout, whatever the workout is, whether it's weightlifting, whether it's running, whether it's, you know, whatever, whether even just, um, you know, teaching your muscles to, 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 to do a certain thing, right? You, so how do you do that in real life? How do you apply yeah. that to your day-to-day -day work, family, um, all that kind of stuff? Well, p part of that is, you know, I, I want to just put a teaser out for the next 20 so episodes is one of the things that, that we'll discuss in detail. But let me give kind of a general kind of overview of it, because one of the things uh, that, that we see is a very similar thing to mental and cognitive psychological health as well. So I, I'm sure I probably don't have to go too far into defining burnout that we've all have experienced that at some point or the other. In other words, the the distress, uh, maybe some good stress mixed in there, but just the, the overall stress of my work, of my job, maybe of my life, um, you know, if you want to extend burnout outside the work environment, is just overwhelming for a long enough period of time where it's starting to wear me down. So it's like, it's like the athlete who doesn't pay attention to heart rate variability, going to push myself, going to push myself, going to push myself until I get sick or I get injured. And too many of us in modern day society do that same thing, right? We're working crazy hours. We've got on my cell phone, I can check emails all night long and we're never, <laughs> there's, we're never disconnected. Makes us feel important, so that's right. <laughs> yeah, and, well, well, we'll talk about that in yeah, we will. episodes because how we work is, you know, like the athlete who just, continues to run right we we don't we don't stop yeah. because we don't we may like take a little pause to cook dinner and then we start running again and and there's there's really good science behind this not just my kind of theory of applying hr i mean there's great science to back this up so so we'll get into some specifics but one of the things is when you're under that high level of distress and this is where Honestly, you know, uh, some of our listeners will know my expertise kind of lies in trauma. So extreme distress and how, how that impacts the, the mind and the body and how we help people recover. But like COVID, for example, is a lot of us are just feeling under this highly intense stress. For, for a lot of us as well, even though the Black Lives Movement is something we, we support, there's also, you know, this, this social... Uh, racial conflict going on in, in a lot of our communities and our politics, which again is putting additional pressure on, on a lot of folks as well. So we, we live and now we're going to have an election in our country. So that's <laughs> going to be a whole dump of stress as well. So you got work, you got the news, you've got what's going on in your community, you got a pandemic. What are you going to do with your kids? Are they going back? So you got all this on you. And if you never get a chance to escape it, it's going to push that homeostasis down 
where you're going to exist more in that fight, flight, or shut down state. And we will we'll talk more about the science behind that. And, 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 you know, one of the things, and this may be a good jumping off point to what we're going to talk about in the next episode is, you know, if the fire alarm goes off, you want to get in fight or flight state, right? You know, if fire go, alarm goes off in my, uh, you know, my, my house, I'm probably going to see what's going on, right? And, and luckily in my life, most fire alarms have been, I need to change the damn battery of the fire alarm, right? <laughs> so I kind of get, I like, I Turn get up. And off and open some windows. <laughs> and, and somebody's got to tell me why it always goes off at 2 a.m., Jeff, because it never <laughs> goes off at like 1030 in the afternoon. So nothing like getting up at 2 a.m. like with the fire alarm, because you go into that fight flight mentality. So my state goes from sleeping state to a fight flight state. Now, the, the good thing is once I change the nine volt battery and the thing and take some deep breaths and relax again, I can, I can leave that state and go back to the sleep state. That's kind of the natural homeostasis, distress back to homeostasis. When we're under high levels of stress for a long time, um, we, that state that we're in way too long starts to become our new homeostasis. And that's where we have to be really, really careful. And, and HRV can, again, whether it's an athlete, like just think about the marathoner who never stops running, right? Um, eventually, they're going to get hurt, um, you know, and, and the same for us as well. Our biology, our psychology will start to break down. And so one of the areas that I'm interested in and I talk about in the book is Burnout has been this sort of, you know, ambiguous thing, right? Uh, you know, that if you're having a bad day, you might be burned out or somebody who's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you know, we kind of throw the word around. But now we can start to ask questions. Wow, if my seven-day average is 20% below my all-time average, if I've been taking like 60 days of reading, that's a pretty big alarm, right? Now, it doesn't mean that I can go along saying I'm burned out, but I better take some change yeah, how I'm thinking about it. approaching things because I'm at risk of my state then becoming a trait. Makes total sense. Yeah. 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 So, and I think that's probably a good, a good thing to, to kind of put on the agenda for, uh, yeah. for our next podcast, because that that's pretty powerful. And, you know, especially when you're relating it into a lot of the helping organizations that uh, you work with and, yeah. you know, likely a lot of the audience are going to be working for, the, the clients that, that they're working with are going to have definite um, trait impact based on the experiences that they've lived with up to the point. Um, Absolutely. So. And my homework for folks this week would be just kind of pay attention to your baseline. Um, just pay attention because I, I imagine, and again, we'll give some analogies to use with this along the way, is that you're like, like I know I am, carrying around more stress than, than normal. Um, and, and I just kind of want to pay attention to like, if you were to describe your average or kind of your baseline homeostasis right now, what would that be? And if you're a really insightful person, do you see any difference from right now to what it was, say, last January? Uh, you know, do you, can you recognize any differences? And I think that's a little, that's good homework for people to kind of pay attention to in this next week, um, any changes that you might see happening. Excellent. 
Well, thanks, Matt. Uh, amazing how quickly 30 minutes can go, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Time flies when you have fun. Thanks to everybody for logging in and, uh, and viewing the episode. We'll, we'll continue to uh, use the book as a, as a template as we go through this. And if you're interested in more of what we're talking about, go to optimalhrv.com. We've got a lot more info there. And uh, keep an eye out for Matt's book. Yeah, get it free on the website as of right. Uh, right now. So uh, get a little pop-up box, uh, download that sucker, get through chapter one. Well, we haven't got till chapter two yet, so we still got some more uh, to talk about. But we'd, we'd love to get your uh, thoughts and feedback too at uh, heartratevariabilitypodcast.com. So we, we got the domain up now, Jeff, so we can advertise <laughs> All right, good it, so. deal. As Jeff excellent. knows, I love my domain. So He is an expert whether stuff. he wanted to be or not. <laughs> we'll see you all. right, everybody. Thanks. Take Bye. care. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you're interested in more information about HRV, please visit us at OptimalHRV.com. Also, if you visit OptimalHRV.com, you'll be able to sign up for our email list and download our free ebook, Healing with HRV. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next episode.